Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We want to be a place where you can own your faith and take next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe your next step is to seek out a community and join a movement group. Maybe it's supporting movement financially for the first time or using your gifts on a volunteer team. Whatever God is calling you to do, our prayer is that you will step out in faith and let Him lead you. For more information about your next step, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Well, good morning and uh, Merry Christmas Eve Eve. If you're, if you're wondering, did they make up Christmas Eve Eve? Yes, we did. That's not a real thing, but we wanted to coin something. So I hope you like it. Uh, I, I, I dressed up for you guys. I trimmed my beard. This is kind of like a half holiday, right? So we're excited to be together uh, and excited just to, to celebrate Christmas. I know that uh, we have some visitors with us, people that are in from out of town, people uh, maybe that, that just are normally here to celebrate with us. And so we want to say welcome uh, again. I hope you got a chance to take a, a picture out there in the photo booth. That's a yearly thing that I like to do to uh, get myself upset for Christmas is to arrange all of my children and then take a picture and then later on realize that one of them wasn't looking at the camera. And then so we take another one and then I realize that one of them was looking at a friend and then I take another one and then I realize that I'm not perfect either and I should get over myself. So uh, you'll see me post the, the best that we've got maybe a little later on in social media, but I uh, hope that you get a chance to, to stop out there. Uh, and, and take a picture. Uh, we feel like when we're together at the holidays uh, that we just get a chance to, to be family. So maybe, uh, maybe you're new to our family. Maybe you feel like uh, you, you've been here for a while. You know some people in the room, but I want you to know that, that we, uh, we, we treat Movement Church uh, and each time we gather like a family uh, and definitely we treat Christmas like a family. And so we like to, uh, to do something uh, that, that my family did. My family would, would gather every year. My cousins and I were obsessed with uh, going sledding and playing hide and go seek and doing a lot of things. But uh, my grandpa would always stop us before we'd open presents and, and he would say, uh, we need to read the Christmas story together. And I'll be honest, when I was, when I I was younger. Uh, sometimes I wasn't excited about that. Sometimes I thought, do we, do we really have to do that? Can't we just get to the presents? I, I'm about to get a, 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 a I'm going to be honest, guys. It was called a popamole. That was my favorite present of all time, I believe. It was like a fold-up stuffed animal that was like a football. It doesn't make any sense now, but it was really awesome in the early 90s, okay? So uh, there was one year in particular, I remember not being excited about the Christmas story, but uh, we want to we wanna read that together today. And so I thought just to make a little atmosphere here, maybe, maybe we could add a little campfire a uh, little, little, little fire to our, to our atmosphere. And so I want to read this to you. This is just plain and simple. Uh, the Christmas story as it appears in Scripture. If you want to follow along, it's in Luke chapter 2. If you've got a Bible, it's under your, under your chair, behind your chair, or something there. We'll, we'll fire up the, the fire. It's on page 781. Page 781 will be in Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 1. And this is the Christmas story as it appears as we want to read it. Are you feeling the atmosphere now, guys? You feel it? It's magical. All right, all right. Okay, here we go. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, page 781. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. 
Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. I mentioned that I, uh, when, when I was younger, I, I didn't always want to, to, to read that story right before opening presents. And I'll be honest, uh, sometimes as, as, I, as I hear that story, I, I take that story for granted. Or I think, okay, this is the part about the angels. And I think I can almost recite it, even as, as Linus says it, lo and behold, right? There are certain words that I just know and words that roll off the tongue and words that I don't even really use in a normal week or in the course of a year. I don't really say the words Mary or lo and behold. But some of these, these holiday words, right, we, we just let them come back into our, our speech and, and we get used to them. And it's just what we do over the holidays. And yet that story is telling us that Emmanuel, God, was with us. God is with us. And they seem to be pretty excited about that. Everyone in that story seemed to understand what was going on when God took on human flesh and came to make a home among his people and live here for his people. But that doesn't, it doesn't always seem like a big deal, right? Because the, the Christmas story is the thing that we do before we open presents to make grandpa happy. The Christmas story is the thing that we do because Christmas shouldn't be all about us. And so we, we want to do something to balance it out, something that, that's not as exciting, something that, that's a little more low-key or something that'll keep us well-rounded, right? So we don't think it's a big deal that Emmanuel, God, is with us. I want to read you another passage that is probably my, my favorite Christmas passage, and it's not a traditional Christmas passage, but this is Colossians 1, and I want you to just let me read it to you. Maybe you can close your eyes. You can, you can take this in, and you can hear this, and you can receive who Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. This is who God sent. This is who Emmanuel is, that God is with us, and this is a descriptive passage, Colossians 1, 15 to 22, that tells us why the arrival of Jesus and why the Christmas story is not just a big deal, but a huge deal. It says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. 
He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. When I read that, I can't help but understand that maybe sometimes I downplay the arrival of Jesus. Sometimes I skip over that story and I think it's just that thing that I have to do before we open presents so that our family can be a little different, a little better than other families, a little more well-rounded. When I read this description of Jesus, I realize that it's not just at Christmas that I downplay Jesus. It's every day in almost every interaction. The way that I approach Jesus, the way that I view Jesus, the way that I look at Jesus, the way that I celebrate Jesus, the way that I worship Jesus, the way that I respond to Jesus with my life is often not on par with the description of who Jesus is in that passage. There's no, there's no higher name. There's no greater name. And this passage tells us that. It tells us exactly who Jesus is. And Christmas is a big deal. Not because it's the end of the year and our bonus is coming and not because family's together and we feel warm and fuzzy and not because there's a fire going and we don't have to work for a few days. Christmas is a big deal because of the arrival of Jesus. Not just the arrival of Jesus, but the work and the life and the finished work of Jesus. Jesus is a big deal because he's a big deal. These descriptors perfectly capture he was before all things and he is all things and everything was created by him and for him and through him and and in him and he is a big deal. When we look at him, when we gaze upon him, when we think about him, we should be able to see that. And if there's ever moments that we can't see that, we have to put things into proper perspective that he is a big deal. We've been celebrating the fact that God is with us. This series called Emmanuel, God with us, is not just a one-week conversation. A couple weeks ago, we started this celebration, and we looked back to the beginning of Scripture, the narrative of creation, and we said that we could see that God was with Adam and Eve from the beginning in Scripture. God wanted to be with Adam and Eve. He wanted to be in relationship with them, and he wanted them to know him and be with him for eternity, but Adam and Eve made another choice. It was touched on in these passages we just read, but Adam and Eve decided that, that they knew a better way. Adam and Eve decided that, that they had a better idea. Adam and Eve decided that they had their own plan and that would work. And so they chose their own way above God's way and they, 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 they let sin enter into their lives. And that took them out of the Garden of Eden and out of relationship with God because God is, is God. God is holy and God is perfect and And sin has no no business being in the presence of God. And so they were taken out of the the presence of God. They were taken out of relationship with God. And yet we saw through that narrative that God didn't give up on us as humans. God didn't give up on us as people. God still pursued Adam and Eve and had a plan. And we saw that play out in week number two as we had a conversation about the Old Testament. 
Now, the Old Testament is very confusing to some people as we read it because we see a lot of rules and a lot of sacrifices and a lot of things that just really don't make sense to us. And yet we saw through that week that, that God has this system and God had these sacrifices in place and all of those things were pointing toward the future. All of those things were pointing toward Jesus and the, the people of Israel, God's chosen people, they were able to do this system of sacrifices and, 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 and kind of offer these sacrifices for their sins, but they were always trying to keep up on this treadmill and falling behind. And so the sacrifices and this whole system weren't supposed to, to freak us out or be weird or sound weird a thousand or 2,000 years later. They were supposed to show us that the perfect sacrifice was coming. When Jesus gave his life on the cross. And last week, we looked at the end of scripture. We looked at the book of Revelation. We looked at the end of this story. And we've seen this continuous thread that God wants to know us. God wants to be with us. God sent his son so that we could know him, so that he could be with us. And we know that at the end of, of this story, at the end of scripture, at the end of this narrative, at the end of time, that God has, has gone and has created a place for us and that we'll be, we'll be with him for eternity in a new heaven and a new earth and it will be perfect and we will be made perfect and we will be in perfect whole relationship with him as he intended from the beginning because God is with us. And the greatest way that God is with us, the greatest way that God has made it known that he wants to be with us, the greatest way that God has said, you're my children, you're my adopted sons and daughters, you have the blessings of being my children, you have everything that I have and I want to spend eternity with you, the greatest way that he's made that clear is through the arrival of Jesus. And that sounds great, doesn't it? And yet sometimes we, we overlook that. Even, even now we're, we're thinking, yeah, it sounds all right, I guess. I thought it'd be more exciting. I thought there'd be like a recording of an angel in the background or something, right? Because sometimes Christmas isn't perfect. Sometimes, sometimes we're thinking that we flunked an exam at the end of the semester and we're gonna have to take that class over. We're gonna have to go four and a half or five or six years to get that degree that we thought would take a, a little bit less time and I heard a commercial last night talking about uh, people winning money and, and paying off their end of the year bills. And that's a reality for people. That's a reality for people in this room. Sometimes we've, we've had to finance Christmas presents or maybe just, just paying the bills and utilities has taken us beyond the scope of our, our budget. Or we had some unplanned expenses, some health things. Sometimes we've lost people recently. I, I, to tell you the truth, I, I attended a funeral yesterday for a family that I've known for years and their, their son passed away. 31 and two, two kids. And so this Christmas is not going to be like other Christmases past for that family. Sometimes there's anxiety, there's worry, there's, there's things associated with, with money and family dynamics. And sometimes Christmas is just not this glorious party like Linus made it out to be when he read that story. And we were so focused and it was so cute and the fire was playing and all these warm, fuzzy things. And then I read Colossians 1 and everyone thought, praise the Lord, it's, it's Christmas Eve, Eve, that holiday that Mark made up, right? It's, it's, not, it's not always that warm. I want to read this description of the, the Christmas story. This is from the book of Matthew. It's a, it's a shorter excerpt. It gives us a different view, and I love just the difference in snapshot. It says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. I read that these past couple weeks, and it's just a, it's a short paragraph. It's not as long and drawn out, and it doesn't talk about the birth. It doesn't talk about these, these angels coming to praise who Jesus is. It doesn't talk about the shepherds taking notice. It doesn't have this entire buildup in the story and the payoff and the celebration. And I think maybe it's where my heart is sometimes. Sometimes maybe... Maybe I realize that I'm doubting Christmas. Sometimes I'm, I'm just not on board with Christmas. And there are moments that I'm just thinking like, yeah, this is another thing, right? One more family party, one more credit card bill to pay, one more month to get through, one more week at a job that I don't like where everyone else is eating cookies and I'm trying to eat healthy and I'm stressed out about it, right? One more week and one more season and one more time that I've got to survive. And sometimes where we're at in life, sometimes the plan that we're living in God's plan doesn't make sense to us. Sometimes we're not excited about it. Maybe we've just never felt the presence of God. Maybe we haven't felt the presence of God in a while. Maybe we're thinking back, man, a couple Christmases ago, it was a different story. I was was excited about this and this was real to me and I had this childlike faith and things have changed. Things are different. Maybe we're just stressed out. Maybe we're at the end of ourselves. Maybe we're just not feeling it this year for some reason. But I want you to know that God's plan is still working. God's plan is still for us to know him and be with him for eternity. And God is still with us. Emmanuel is with us. God sent his son Jesus for us. And that doesn't change with our moods. That doesn't change with our stress. That doesn't change with our emotions or our credit card bill or whatever the dynamic is in our family. That doesn't change. God is with us. And we have to be patient when we don't understand things. We have to trust when we can't see the end of the story. And we have to know that God's plan is still working. The angels explain these things to Joseph after he's talked to Mary, right? He already, he already knows that she's, she's having a baby, and he's probably seen this, this happening, right? And, and I'm sure there was a moment where he just thought, this is, this is not what my friends are going to think it is. If I tell them, uh, the Holy Spirit impregnated her, guys. This is, not how, this is not how I thought my family would unfold, right? And so sometimes we don't see God's plan unfolding. Israel knew that they were going to get a king. They had read and they had heard about that and they thought he was going to be this tall, dark and handsome military king, this political king, someone who would, who would set them these things in motion and put them over other countries and yet God sent them a, a baby and God sent them a baby who would later build a kingdom that was kind of the upside down way of God and his kingdom wasn't what they thought this kingdom would look like. And so from the parents of Jesus to the family of Jesus to the the people of Jesus, I'm sure everyone could look at this plan at the beginning, the middle, or the end at one time and say, I don't understand this plan. This plan is not very well drawn up. This is not the plan that I would have put together. 
Couldn't we just have a royal party and bring in the king and then conquer the rest of the world and, and we could be God's people and that would be great? And yet God set something else in motion. And so there are going to be moments this Christmas or next Christmas or some Christmas or, or July 20th or October 11th, sometime this year, you're going to doubt God's plan. You're not going to see God's plan. You're going to doubt God's presence in your life or not feel God's presence in your life. And I want you to remember this moment. I want you to remember this conversation that God has a plan for you and God is with us. God is with you. And God sent his son, Jesus, the reason that we celebrate Christmas so that we could be in relationship with him, so that we could know his perfect love, and so that we could rest in him for eternity. 1 John 4, 9 says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. How do we know that God is love? How do we know that God is with us? How do we know that God has a plan for us? How do we know that we can trust? How do we know that things are going to make sense? How do we know that scripture is true and that all of these things are true and are going to happen? Because God sent Jesus. Christmas is our reminder. Christmas is the declaration that God is who he says he is, that Jesus is with us and that God has a plan for us. The story shows and proves the love of Jesus. And yet those verses mention that sometimes we're, we're not feeling the presence of God. In fact, some of us have to admit that we've never felt or, or known or talked about the presence of God. In fact, Jesus said that later on in his ministry. He said that we need to, to repent, to, to turn, to get ready, and to be right when the kingdom of God comes, when the kingdom of God is at hand. And so he was, he was letting us know that we've all walked our own way, just like Adam and Eve, just like the Israelites did at moments, just like we all do. We trust ourselves. We lean on ourselves. We walk towards sin, and we walk the path that we want to, and we walk away from God. And, and at some point at the end of that path, we realize that we've pursued ourself. We've pursued our own selfish desires, and and that none of the things that we thought that we would find are there. We don't find fulfillment. We find emptiness. And at the end of ourselves, at the bottom of our lives, at the bottom of the barrel, we find that we can trust Jesus. We find that, that Jesus came and gave his life for our sins. He came to this world as a baby. He grew up to be a man. He lived a perfect life. And when he's accused of sin, he went to the cross, not because he was guilty, not because he deserved it, but he went to the cross to pay the price for our sins, to be a sacrifice for our sins, as that, as that verse there tells us. And by believing that he was the son of God, by believing that his death and burial and resurrection paid the price for our sins by putting our faith and our hope and our trust and our love in him. The price for our sins is paid. Our sins are removed from our life. And when God looks at us, he sees the finished and complete work of Jesus. And our relationship with God is restored. We become his adopted sons and daughters. We, we receive his blessings. We can spend eternity with him. 
We're made whole. We're made new. That's the gift of Jesus at Christmas. We celebrate that he was born as a baby, but we're looking forward to the sacrifice that he made later in his life as a man. The arrival of Jesus is the celebration that God is with us. And the work of Jesus on the cross is the celebration that God paid the price for our sins so that we can know God and so that we can be with him for eternity, just as his plan let us know that we could. Let's pray this morning. God, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Lord, there are moments that we feel the weight of life. We feel the weight of our finances. We feel the weight of stress in our family and many other things. And God, I pray this morning as we celebrate the gift of your son, Jesus, I pray as we celebrate who, who you are, Lord. I pray that we can rest in you, Lord. Jesus said on the cross that it is finished. Lord, our pain and our lack of hope and our despair is, is all finished when we look to you. So God, I pray if there's, if there's anyone in this room that has never looked to you, God, if they've never realized that, that their life was, was empty or that they were incomplete or that they were lacking or that they couldn't live up to the standard of a perfect and holy God, Lord, in some way, one way or another, we, we've all come to that realization. And so Lord, I pray today that we'll let Jesus be the answer to that lack of hope. God, I pray that that we will look to you, that we will trust you. And God, if there's anyone who's never made a decision to follow you, I pray that just this morning that they'll say, Lord, I want to to surrender my life to you. I I want the sacrifice of Jesus to pay the price for my sins, and I want to know God. I want to be in relationship with God. I want to be in the presence of God. God, we're we're in your presence now as your children, as we sing, as we worship, as we celebrate. We're excited about that. We're excited about just being together. And so help us to sing, to respond. Help us to be a loving family that's not fake, that's not smiling for the sake of just looking good. But Lord, we want to smile and celebrate the greatest gift that you've given, your son, Jesus. God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for offering us relationship with you. And thank you for letting us rest in you for eternity. God, we pray that every person in this room today will will be able to rest in you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you for this time of year. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We hope wherever you are, this message encouraged you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or giving online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. 